Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir, with my co-hosts, J-Mac and Jordan. On today's show, to go over all Denver Broncos roster sleepers, we'll be each giving you our two Denver Broncos roster sleepers for this upcoming season, who fans aren't talking about enough on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, as well as a little bit of love for some uh, special teamers on today's episode. Um, but with that being said, J-Mac Jordan, how are you guys doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Um, you know, today is the day Wimby will officially be a spur. So I'm really happy about that. But um, other than that, I've been really good, man. Yeah, meanwhile, I got my Celtics uh, doing that big trade last night and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to the draft today and then talking about our sleepers for the Broncos today. So that's what I'm up to. Absolutely. I'm happy for you guys. You guys, uh, franchises are definitely moving in the in the right direction uh, while we look down from the uh, the mountaintop. Don't forget that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had all my Nuggets fans. Let's get it. Anyways. Um, in today's episode, uh, like I mentioned, we're each be giving our two Denver Broncos that fans just simply aren't talking enough about uh, getting giving a little bit love to the players um, that I feel like are going to kind of kind of make some noise in uh, 2023 um, that simply, uh, you know, don't have too much experience um, are going to get some time if, you know, certain players uh, do sit out or whatever it may be that they're going to step in as starters and do it very effectively right away. Um, so I'm going to start off with my two players. Um, someone who I actually uh, made an edit for on my Instagram recently make sure you guys check that out is wide receiver marvin mims jr the broncos second round pick that they traded up for um i just feel like there's a lot of chatter around jerry judy Cortland sutton and tim patrick right now and deservingly so like those guys we we want to see them be healthy all at the same time you can throw kj hamler in that mix if you want to as well but um i feel like those three guys obviously getting a lot of a lot of love right now and deserve deservingly so like i mentioned but marvin mims jr i feel like in my opinion Fans aren't talking enough about 
just because of those guys. And I feel like he's going to have a huge impact in uh, 2023. Tim Patrick said it himself in an interview recently. Uh, he said Marvin Mims is going to have a very important role in what we do offensively this season. Um, he averaged 20 yards per reception in his final two seasons at Oklahoma. In my opinion, he was a bit underutilized there. You know, not enough targets uh, being the, the wide receiver one of that team, but they kind of spread the ball around. Um, the, also, the Broncos don't have a solidified like slot receiver right now. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, I feel like Marvin Mims projects best in the slot, uh, similar to what the you know what the Broncos are trying to do with KJ Hamler at times. But I feel like not having like a solidified slot receiver right now. When they we, we've seen some people kind of throw around the idea of making Cortland Sutton go into that role a little bit, but then again, they want to do uh, what they did with uh, Michael Thomas in New Orleans. So though, that's kind of a question right now. But what we do know is Marvin Mims will be like a stud in, in this offense in the slot with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Um, so what, what do you guys think about that and how Marvin Mims could actually be uh, a bigger like impact player in 2023 than people think? Um, I think it's kind of interesting because Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick, they're mainly on the outside. And we all know Jerry Jude is going to be the one. He's going to be, you know, always on the left. You know, he's, he's going to be the wide receiver one. Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick kind of like, you know, 2A, 2B. I think uh, Marvin Mims, we drafted him to kind of fill that slot role a little bit. Um, I think him and Hamler are going to see kind of a mixture of them, you know, kind of like throughout the season in that role. I don't think it's going to be like a solidified starter for the slot. You're going to see a lot of different looks. Maybe Greg Dulce be in the slot a lot sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting because I think Marvin Mims, he's usually plays outside, but I think he can play slot in the league. Um but it really all depends on the set Sean Payton runs. He, I mean, he might not even run four receivers or a lot of three receiver sets. You never know. It could be two receivers, a tight end. You never know what he – like, we're going to be running a lot of play action too, so you don't know what it'll be. Plus, we're going to run a lot of fullback too, so that takes a position on the field for a receiver. So, I mean, all in all, it, it's going to be very interesting to see. But I feel like if there's one guy on the roster who's going to be the slot receiver, the like the starter for that role is going to be Marvin Mims. Yeah, in terms of like production-wise, for sure Marvin Mims is one of the top sleepers uh, out of the whole group. Uh, just because, you know, our core guys, Jerry, Judy, Sutton, and Tim Patrick, of course they're going to get most of the, the talk around the town and stuff like that, especially because we want to see those core guys actually play together for the first time in it seems like a while and actually play good under, uh, you know, a real head coach like Sean Payton. But, yeah, Marvin Mims can for sure come in and just wreak havoc and just produce for us like no receiver has done before i mean i think we drafted him with our first pick uh for a reason in the draft and uh i mean if he continues to ball out in the offseason you can for sure creep into that wide receiver three role too yeah that's what i was gonna say like sean Payne didn't just trade up the, this man and give up a fifth and a sixth to move up to that last pick in the second round just for him to be a depth player in my yeah. opinion I feel like he's going to have kind of like a starting role like later in the season, and he's going to be like in and out of the rotation. And J-Mac mentioned his versatility and the inside and outside. He can be in that rotation on the outside with Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and Sutton when needed. And it's not like they're going to have those guys always on the field regardless of you know how many wide receivers will be out there. He's still going to be in out of the rotation. And and I feel like with the the – the opportunities that he will get, he's going to ball out and make plays downfield. You mentioned being that, you know, downfield player, especially in play action. Um, I feel like in play action, he's going to have huge, a huge role if, you know, inserted in, in that slot role at wide receiver. Um, just, to, you know, getting the run game going, then to be able to effectively move the ball downfield, um, you know, in the deep game with Marvin Mims, he will be like, 
probably, in my opinion, will probably be like that go-to guy because that's what they were going to with KJ Hamler. That's what they were trying to do with him, but he just simply wasn't always healthy. And Marvin Mims, all you know, I'm, I'm knock on wood, he was always healthy at Oklahoma. Not really much injury issues at all. And um, when he's going to get his opportunity here in uh, in Denver, I hope he can stay healthy and uh, capitalize off of those opportunities because I feel like he's going to be that go-to guy uh, downfield. Um, for the Broncos, uh, Marvin Mims. I feel like just like Jordan mentioned, the way that they traded up for him. Um, I feel like it, it was for a reason. I feel like they have a ro- the a plan for him and how they're going to use him, even in his first year in the NFL as a 21 year old wide receiver. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree 100. percent All right, so I'm going to go over uh, my next player, and I feel like this is another guy that's just completely going under the radar on offense. It's running back Tyler Beatty in his second year in the NFL. And hear me out on this. He was a six-round pick in 2022 with the Ravens. Obviously, the Maryland native went to his home, uh, home, not essentially his hometown team, um, but he spent the full season uh, on Baltimore's uh, practice squad after not being able to make the 53-man roster um, before then being snagged by the Broncos off of uh, Baltimore's practice squad for the final game of the season against the charger uh you guys all know the broncos fans know he had a a touchdown reception um from russell wilson and on a screen um uh, on his very first touch in the NFL, which is kind of remarkable. Also, another kind of like a bombshell. I wouldn't really call it a bombshell necessarily, but this is really interesting. Tyler Beatty actually was born uh, and was raised his first five years of his life in New Orleans and was actually forced to leave um, New Orleans in 2006 due to Hurricane Katrina when he was just four, five years old, like I mentioned. Um, he also said he has distinct memories of when Saints quarterback Drew Brees and head coach Sean Payton actually visited his specific neighborhood to offer assistance after the hurricane. So that is a definitely interesting uh, thing to hear there. And, you know, it's it's honestly terrible that he had to go through that at such a young age, you know. You know uh, but to, you know, have that connection to Sean Payton already, like, I don't know if he specifically went to his home. Um, I don't think so. But I know that he, you know, specifically went to Tyler Beatty's neighborhood and offered assistance. Um, big shout out to all the Saints players and everybody that helped during that time. Um, but Tyler Beatty, and he also, you know, idolized Sean Payton, looked up to him, you know, growing up as a kid, kind of like his one of those head coaches who he always w- would have loved to play it in his offense. And now here he is right here in the orange and blue with Sean Payton being the head coach. And I just think that's a really, really interesting thing. And not, I don't think a single person has ever talked about that actually like that connection right there. And I feel like that's going to go a little bit of a ways. I don't think that's going to give him a roster spot just because of that, but I feel like that's kind of like a little uh, personal thing that he can, uh, um, you know, connect with uh, on a certain level with Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean that that story is actually crazy. I mean, you talk about a disaster like Katrina. It's it's hard to find any good in that, and I'm glad I'm glad that he's able to find a good memory during that time. But um, I mean, I, I've said it before. I think the running back three spot is open. I know everybody's kind of sold that Tony Jones Jr. is going to get it, but I think it is open. Um, I think it's the reason why you see a lot of running backs kind of fighting for that spot. Um, seeing a lot of you're hearing stuff about guys playing really well. Um, I think he can make the roster, especially with him being on the team last year. Um, a lot of people remember that play. Um. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, a running back is kind of just you got to be consistent a little bit. You know, the coaches really got to see your explosiveness if he's going to make the team. Um, but I think he honestly can. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I think Tony Jones Jr. is good, but I feel like the Broncos might want to go younger there um, and kind of keep him back on the practice squad for depth purposes. Um, but I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like, we'll see how it goes. But I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Brady made the team. 
Yeah, I think even for the uh, 53-man roster predictions, I had Tyler Bay as one of the running backs in there. I mean, I, I, I'm very high on him. I think he's a very good player. And is it just me or is it, I think like Tyler Bitty is like a like a Sean Payton type running back, right? I, th- I think he can fit good in a system. And I, I don't know. I just seem and Amir, you just pointed out the connection that he has with him. I think it's a, a low key connection that again that we're not talking about. And uh, he just feels like a Sean Payton type running back to me. And that's exactly a great intro to what I want to talk about next is Darren Sproles. Uh, I was on the 5280 podcast. Shout out to uh, Cameron Parker. Had me on there. We were talking a lot about the connection uh, and similarity in play styles from Darren Sproles to Tyler Beatty. Uh, Darren Sproles, who played with the Saints from 2011 to 2013, he was 5'6", 190 pounds uh, in his prime. Tyler Beatty is currently 5'8", 196. So very similar builds there. They're both elite. uh, I wouldn't call Tyler Beatty yet an elite receiving throw out of the backfield but his very first nfl touch he scored like a 20-yard touchdown so um in the as a reception so take that how you will but um Darren Sproles, very elite receiving threat, obviously had a huge impact on special teams. You can say the same thing for uh, how, how Tyler Beatty can uh, impact Sean Payton's team, uh, you know, to start off the season um, as a as potentially the running back three, which, by the way, I might have to be changing my prediction. I feel like Tyler Beatty is going to make a huge, um, you know, uh, wave in training camp. And, you know, even in preseason, I feel like Tyler Beatty may be like one of those winners of the preseason and really earn a spot on this roster. But, yeah, I feel like um, everybody raving about uh, Tyler Beatty's receiving ability. I, I don't feel like he gets enough love like in between the tackles, actually. Um, I've seen people in some articles talking about how he's not too great in, in between tackles. And while that may be true, I feel like he's kind of like a, a violent runner. He can shed off tackles. I was watching uh, some like his highlights at uh, Missouri, and the dude's, a, the dude's a dog, man. He After contact, he can make plays happen. I feel like that's not talked about enough. And if he can continue to do that at the NFL level in an offense where where Sean Payton utilizes running backs in open space to perfection. I feel like he's gonna he's gonna definitely have a, a really big year year two in the NFL as a former six round pick out of Missouri. Yeah, and the it's interesting the Darren Sproles kind of you know um, comparison there. The only thing I would say with that comparison is that Darren Sproles was just one hell of a like return man. Like he had everybody feared every time somebody kicked it to him. But I could definitely see Tyler Beatty playing somewhere in that role. I mean, he's really great after the catch. Um, but I, I really do like that comparison, though. I, I actually kind of see it. Like, looking back on some of the plays he made in college and, like, some of his, you know, the time he got last year, he did kind of look like Darren Sproles a little bit. That's a really good comparison. All right, so um, the first player I'm going to go with is going to be Tremont Smith. Now, he's the guy that we brought in that I don't think anybody's talking about a lot. Everybody's talking about Marvin Mims or even Patrick Sertan being the, the return guy for the year. But I think he's going to end up being Tremont Smith. I think we brought him here. Ultimately, for that, um, in his career, he's averaged 25 yards of return. Um, he's had, he's got like 2,400 like 2,400 yards all purpose back there. Um, he's coming off two two of some of his best years in his career, getting involved somewhat in a, in a secondary as well. Um, so not only is he going to be like putting in work in the special teams, but he's also going to be he's going to bring a different kind of physicality and solid depth to the secondary room. Um, but, yeah, I mean, his whole career, though, especially in Houston, he did really well as a return man, definitely put the fear in defenses, and that's what we need. We just need a guy that's, like, is going to be respected in the league, you know, to not always just kick him the ball and see where everything goes. Um, our special team has been terrible the last few years. But I think I think Tremont Smith can bring something different to the table as far as a returner. So I believe Tremont Smith is also one of those guys that are not being talked about, especially because special teams are not talked about enough. Uh, especially with Sean Payne, he's going to emphasize, you know, special teams and how we need to win that uh, that side of the ball. 
Um, and Tremont Smith is going to be someone that helps us win games, uh, especially we've been very, very bad the last few years in special teams. So someone like Tremont Smith is going to help that, that, that part of the ball. Yeah, and he's going to bring a lot to the to the defense, certainly, and as well as the special teams. I mean, like you guys mentioned, he's going to be competing for the starting punt returner and kick returner spot. He had has experience there in Houston doing just that. Um, underrated versatility at the corner position, in my opinion. You can play in the nickel and on the outside. He's sneaky in press coverage. Um, Lovey Smith ran a lot of Tampa 2 in Houston last year, meaning there was a lot of uh, sets where, you know, or formations and alignments where two isolated corners are kind of on their own islands, meaning that those guys had to be relied on and uh smith kind of he definitely held his own in, in those uh specific alignments and being on his own island he certainly learned a lot was able to gain more experience in zone and man um and like i mentioned he just pr provides elite special teams value one of the better special teams honestly in this entire conference um he, he may as well he's gonna being like as uh, big of a leader as he can potentially be, and if his leadership leadership speaks for itself in training camp, honestly, I, I, I would go as far to say he can be a special teams captain on this team. Um, mm -hmm. If he if he has a good say uh, on this defense and in, on the special teams, he can certainly be an instant impact and leader in year one with uh, the Broncos. Yeah, I agree. I just, I mean, it's it's crazy how no one is still not talking about him. Like, you know, everybody's thinking Marvin Mims is going to be re the return guy, but I think it's going to be Trey Smith. I think it's going to be him. Like, I'll say they're going to announce it probably before preseason or maybe even after a game or two that he's going to be the guy. Um, so my second player, I went ahead and went with Drew Sanders. I think it was interesting that Sean Payton kind of said that him and um, that Sean Payton, and I think it was Marvin Mims that he said that he's not really worried about them, that they're kind of, they're doing really well and they're learning very quickly. Like, you know, they're, they're miles ahead. And that I was like, well, that's, that's kind of crazy. You got two rookies. You already a coach like him is giving him high praise like that. Um, But in college, I mean, Drew Sanders, 103 total tackles, um, 13 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. I think they can use them in a lot of, a lot of spots on the defense linebacker and edge. And I think it's going to be wherever the Broncos definitely have a need. Um, I could see kind of closer to the season starter, and you might see a starter change, and you might see him starting potentially over Josie Jewell, depending on how well he does in training camp and close to the season starter. The coaching staff really does love him. But I wouldn't be surprised if his rookie year, man, he pops off in any way. We decide to use him in both spots, coming off the edge or playing linebacker. I mean, he's just highly versatile, quick. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's really it's kind of hard not to love Drew Sanders a little bit. I and I'm st I'm still shocked we got him at the pick that we did. Um, but yeah, man, I, I I think he's a guy that can really go under the radar this season. Yeah, and to your point, J Mac, like Sean Payne, he he has only praised a few guys so yeah. far in the offseason. One of them being Dulcich, Judy, and then now it's Mims and uh, Drew Sanders and how well they've been. So I mean that I think that speaks volume, especially what they've done in the offseason. And, uh, you know, Drew Sanders, is gonna, I think he's going to be an absolute dog in the linebacker uh, group. And I think he can kind of play everywhere, if I'm being honest. Yeah. He's such a freak athlete as well. I think that's a very uh, underrated part of this game as well. So, uh, yeah, he's for sure a guy that uh, – not only that we need to be talking about more, but he might break onto the scene when the, scene's, when the season starts. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things kind of questioned with him at the linebacker position was kind of his coverage a little bit was a little bit ticky tacky, kind of inconsistent. He was a great tackler. Don't get me wrong. Great rushing a passer. We all know that. Um, and to be able to learn behind a guy like Josie Jewell, who Josie Jewell is just absolutely outstanding. He improved so much last year in coverage when he was on the field and everything that I'm seeing, seeing at OTAs and uh, minicamp this uh, offseason, he's, he's already making a lot of plays on the ball. So Drew Sanders getting to learn a guy, learn from a guy like that. He's only going to get better. 
Um, J-Mac, we had an episode going over the players that we feel like are in danger of losing their starting jobs. Um, and I believe one of those guys we mentioned was Josie Jewell because of Drew Sanders. So he's one of those guys that can be an instant impact in year one, was getting a lot of early second round, late first round buzz uh, earlier in the offseason prior to the uh, NFL draft. So he's one of those guys that is a, a high value pick for the Broncos. And just like Marvin Mims, and I like that Jordan brought that up, getting praise, I feel like he's going to have a much bigger uh, role uh, in this defense than uh, people may, uh, in, you know, potentially see just because uh, it's being overshadowed by Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton yeah. when really I feel like this pick was kind of made in preparation for potentially moving on from Josie Jewell in 2024. I'm not saying it's a lot to happen, but it's, uh, you're dedicating already a lot of cap space to that position when you can just mm -hmm. go young with uh, Josie or excuse me, Drew Sanders and Alex Singleton in 2024. Yeah. And the last thing I'm going to say about him is this season, um, I don't, I don't think we're going to move on from Josie Jewell this season. I will say this. I think you're going to see kind of more of a rotation. Like Josie Jewell may if, – if Vance Joseph decides to put some some of those guys in coverage, you may see Josie Jewell dropping back in coverage more than Alex Singleton and more than uh, Drew Sanders there. But I feel like on a down-to-down -down basis, it's most like – it might be more of Drew Sanders and Alex Singleton kind of getting after it in a run game. You may see Drew Sanders dropping some blitzes. Um, I think it's going to be like that. And not to mention the cool stat he had in college. He had three forced fumbles in the year. Like this past year, three forced fumbles and also five pass deflections. This year he had – the last year he had at Arkansas was absolutely ridiculous. It was insane. Seriously. Like the numbers, yeah, the, the numbers are just they, – they speak for themselves. Yeah. So for my two sleepers, I'm going to start off with a guy that I believe deserves more playing time, and that's P.J. Locke. Uh, I think PJ Locke. I mean, our safety group and our and that room is, I think, is stacked between him, uh, Justin Simmons, Cream Jackson, JL Skinner, Caden Stearns. I mean, he's gonna have to find his way into some playing time, but I think he 100% deserves some playing time and he should be talked about more. You know, he arguably won us the game against San Francisco when he had that forced fumble. Uh, he had also a great game in Tennessee where I got to see him in person and watch him fly around on the defense. Um, I just think he, I just think he's a solid player and uh, someone that we should be talking about more. Yeah, most definitely. We had him on the podcast. I always say this. That was like easily my second favorite interview we've ever had on the show. He's just a genuinely a very humble, awesome. You know, he's like a he's like a family man. Like he genuinely uh, lo just loves talking to his people, loves talking to the fans, and um, I really do you know appreciate him for that. And he was talking a lot about on that podcast about how he's improving his turnover ability, talking about how he's working on those peanut punches, working on being able to cut uh, routes and uh, get, get interceptions, be more of that player to. Make make an impact and create turnovers in the secondary. And I really, I really like that. He's, you know, finding these, these, uh, you know, small intricate ways to improve his game. And um, I think that's only going to raise the roof for him in 2024, or excuse me, 2023 and beyond, in my opinion. Yeah. If you look back at when Denver won the Super Bowl, one of the biggest like, you know, spots we have was depth in the secondary position. And PJ Locke is the definition of great depth at the secondary position. I mean, I was so glad we brought him back. Me and Amir was scared that, you know, he was going to end up leaving that yeah. we rescinded the offer. And we were like, oh, God, bro, we're going to lose PJ. I mean, he just – he's a guy you can put in for, say, Justin comes out of play, Kareem comes out of play, and he he instantly knows his job. He knows what to do. Great on special teams. I mean, he's just an all-around solid player. Um, definitely does deserve more recognition on his team, though. I mean, like just like both of y'all said, the turnover ability that he has is – I mean, he won us some games last year. I mean, PJ Locke. I do honestly believe he'll be on the field maybe a little bit more this season. I feel like the Broncos are going to want to see what they can get more out of him, especially bringing him back this season. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see, but I love P.J. Locke, man. 
Yeah, I remember we were doing like a long episode and we got like the news, the noti- notification about like them not like giving him an- another offer. And we were like so devastated, like raw reaction in the middle of that episode. And then the next day we got incredible news that they were in fact bringing him back. And that that was just awesome. PJ, definitely one of the fans. Uh, if, if you guys haven't watched the episode, make sure you guys go check that out in our player interviews playlist. Uh, he will instantly become one of your favorites just because he's yeah, great episode. Uh, very long episode. We just got to like talk to him to not only as a football player but as a man as well. So great person. Honestly, I'm I'm hoping he has like one of the better seasons in the secondary just because he's an all around great person and I feel like he he definitely deserves the best uh, given you know everything he's went through, especially with uh you know potentially going to the XFL at one point and all that adversity he had to b- battle through, and then now he's in Denver potentially having a really uh, big impactful role as a rotating safety in the secondary. Yep. Uh, so for my second sleeper, a guy that uh, I was in the same AU organization as him. Man, shout out Miami City Ballers uh, here down in Miami for basketball. Uh, Nick Bonito. Uh, I feel like uh, he needs to have a big season, and uh, that's why he kind of fits into that sleeper category. I think he's going to learn a lot from the people in that group, the players in that group. And I can tell you what, if he picks it up this season and he has a great year, I think that's going to be a big, big part of our, our success. Uh, you know, he was drafted in the second round for a reason. Um, again, I know him, or I used to know him uh, great back then. I know he's still a great guy now. We need him to pick it up. And if he does, again, I think he'll be one of the, the biggest sleepers on the team if he does. Yeah, like three players on this team that needs to step up. One of them definitely being Nick Benito. And I, I I understand the edge position. It takes time to develop just like other, you know, other positions on the team. But edge is one of those where it definitely, given his size, it's going to take him a while to kind of polish his craft, to learn, because he's one of those guys that a little bit lives a, a little bit more off the speed moves or the, you know, kind of finesse, uh, finesse pass rush moves rather than, you know, delivering the power. But um, I feel like learning from the other guys on this team, uh, Randy Gregory, um, Frank Clark is going to, you know, being able to go through the rest of the offseason with a new um, outside linebackers coach. I, w- I want to see how he looks this offseason or this uh, upcoming season and especially in a preseason as well. I want to get a good look of him in, in preseason to see how he looks uh, as a starting pass rusher um, because he's one of those guys, a second round pick, just like Marvin Mims. I feel like he should have some uh, some pretty high expectations and I would like to see him uh, live up to those. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with everything you said, Amir. He is one of the guys that needs to step up this year. And, it's you know, uh, it's kind of disappointing that we had to bring in Fr- Frank Clark. I'm glad he's on the team. But, I mean, Nick Benito's, you know, they should have felt comfortable with him coming in and, you know, being able to step up and fill that role. Um, I mean, you, I think you said it on the pod not too long ago that you think if uh, that you think uh, he's most likely going to be a bust if he doesn't step it up this year. Well, or, uh, I, I, I did not say a bust. I said a rotational guy. Rotational guys get paid, so I wouldn't call that a bust. Okay. Anyway, um, I I think that um, it's 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 going to be a big season for him. I think it's gonna, it, it may it may be just a little bit hard for him to get uh like you know the the minutes that he needs. But I, um, if Randy Gregory and or one of those guys goes down, he should be the next man to step up. But I agree. I, I think that it's it's his year, man. I don't think he'll be anything insane. I think like, but we'll see a jump in his game, and it'll leave us somewhat promising going into twenty twenty four. 
Um, so I believe that wraps up all of our Denver Broncos sleepers for the 2023 season. I hope you guys enjoyed all that and more. Let us know in the comments if you guys have any guys that are have any players that we potentially miss and think that we are uh, sleeping on as well as our as ourselves. So uh, from Tremont Smith to Drew Sanders, PJ Locke, Nick Benito, Tyler Beatty, Marvin Mims. I hope you guys enjoyed all those recaps of those players who potentially will have a bigger uh, role in the Denver Broncos on the Denver Broncos team in 2023 than most expect. But I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode if you guys are listening on youtube make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe if you guys are listening over there on spotify and f podcast as well you guys are greatly appreciated wherever you guys I always say if you guys wherever you guys listen to the broncos avenue podcast i don't really care where you guys listen if you do take time out of your day whenever it is day night if you're going to work if you're leaving uh school whatever whenever it is i, I seriously appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the show if you guys listen to the end of the podcast Seriously, I appreciate you guys so much. All the support does not go unnoticed. Um, like I said, leave a comment down below if you guys are listening on YouTube or if you guys would rather uh, DM us on uh, Instagram uh, at Broncos Avenue. Um, let us know what you guys think about the show, what episodes you guys want to see the rest of this offseason. Um, I don't want to say we're running out of ideas, but we definitely could use some uh, definitely <laughs> some good feedback on what we want to get out here for you guys, um, kind of go over some of what the fans want to hear. And I'm not definitely not – I've said this when we started the podcast. I'm not opposed to having some, uh, some fan guests on here as well so i would like to have some uh some of you guys on the show to hear you guys opinion on the broncos so hit me up about that on instagram the people that actually listen to the end you guys will have the opportunity to be on the show because you listen to the end so make sure you guys dm me out on uh on instagram at broncos avenue but like i said make sure you guys are followed turn your notifications on so you never miss an episode of the broncos avenue podcast uh but until the next episode i'm your host amir with my co-host j mac and oh he's got something i didn't mean to do it um i didn't know if you wanted to bring up the uh stefan dick stuff Oh, Stefan Diggs, yeah. Uh, don't think it's happening at all. <laughs> I read uh, the whole article point. about this, and yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, I, I think we're. I think Bronco fans are just grasping at you know straws. I, I think they're just you know they're dreaming and they're praying. I, I kind of hate that Albright put that out. Um, I think it does. I don't know, man. It's weird. Like, I don't honestly see Diggs in any reality coming to Denver. Like, right now, I think maybe in the future it could be talked about, but definitely not right now, man. I I, I don't see us – I don't see that trade being made unless Stephon Diggs just absolutely requests a trade. But I don't really see nothing like that happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even if he does get a trade, I don't think it's Denver. I honestly really don't feel it. Everybody's saying, oh, George Payton, the connection to Minnesota, everything. No, it's – I don't no, even I, think, yeah, I don't think it'll be the connection. It really depends on the best package. I feel like if somebody, if a team tries to rep, like replicate the package that we give them, there's there are better offers out there unless Denver gives up Corlin Sutton in a first round pick. I mean, other than that, like I, I don't really see it happening. Um, it's just crazy, man. Bronco fans get so they they get so hyped, and I, I'll be seeing under your comments, you almost gave me a heart attack. I thought Whoa. we got this. <laughs> Bro, did you – oh, my God. If you guys did not see the comments on that post, I got absolutely flamed. Bro, I – we'll have Benjamin Albright back on the show sometime, and, you know, shout out to him. Benjamin Albright, deep down, he's like – he's a solid guy. He's a, he's a oh, yeah. solid guy. And, yeah. and um, you know, I appreciate him taking out time out of his day to, to be on the show. But, man, he – this offseason, he's definitely missed on some stuff. And anytime <laughs> I post anything about Albright, yeah, they come from my head, just torches, flames, everything, like – Damn, I'm just relaying the message for you guys. Jeez. Yeah, but, I, I was looking at it, man. You had, you had Panthers pages talking about some. Come on, man, stop it, uh, stop it, Benjamin. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, exactly. I, I don't think they're getting digs, but I feel like if he does request a trade, this may be a possibility. But he's not leaving Buffalo, man. He's not. He's not leaving Josh Allen. 
Yeah, Stephon Diggs not looking very uh, realistic to Denver. Um, and if he's not fine with the situation in Buffalo and the offense that they're building, I don't know what's going to be much better than that, honestly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm your host, Amir, with my great co-host, J-Mac and Jordan Lopez. Until the next episode, peace. peace.